Hello and welcome to People Behind the Music. Today we have a very special guest with us, uh, Katsuya Yuasa, Dr. Katsuya Yuasa. Uh, welcome. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> do you want to maybe tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? My name is Katsuya Yuasa and I am the music instructor at Florida A&M University, artist of the Piatigorsky Foundation and former concert artist of the Mufai Epsilon. And I'm originally from Kobe, Japan until my father decided, my family decided to move to the US when I was just about turning six years old. Um, and that's about the time to learn, uh, you have the ability to, to learn and it was just a little bit hard because of that culture shock, see, uh, seeing all these tall skyscrapers and then uh, blonde people with blue eyes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't something that I'm used to seeing where, I mean, I grew up in a village setting. So it's very small, very green, very nature-like. And this city life, this new life that I had in California was scaring me. And I couldn't do anything Un until I met these two friends of mine. They started playing these music they started playing in a band and i was like what is this thing called band and i was like oh that's cool and then i was like so what do you what do you what do you do and they're like we play clarinet and then i was like what's a clarinet um and that's how it started around when i was 10 years old or so um and because they started about a year ahead of me um i had to practice a lot i had to kind of get to their level so i can be next to them uh, next to them, playing with them and whatnot. And so that friendship became a competition, kind of a slight competition in be between us. And that became a passion eventually. And then by the time that I was graduating high school, I had nothing else um, that I felt passionate for to do and then, then playing music, then playing clarinet, um, because that's what helped me build that sort of friendship and get myself out there. Um, and I and I really, really am glad that I uh, that I was able to do that because this is where I am now today, thanks to it. So yeah, that's that's me. I mean I just been playing clarinets since I was a uh, since I moved to US and been loving it. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would like to move on with more career based question. So uh, where to start with freelancing in the US? You know, it's, it's a, you wanna start anywhere you want. Um, once you're the big fish in that small pond, you want to explore elsewhere, just like how you have decided to uh, travel from Turkey to Germany. Um, myself, I traveled from San Jose, California, where I kind of mostly been raised in to uh, pursue my graduate studies in Boston and into Florida. Um, it, it's, it was kind of uh, an unplanned thing where I was always kind of focused on my education and just an experience. And then all of a sudden it started to open the path because of the school connection. Um, so schools would have certain funds to do outside concert venues to not just a venue, but also to churches, to museums, um, to a couple of places that uh, have sponsored the institution and whatnot. Um, I've been to also museums and art galleries, to hospitals, to even a senior homes where people really can't go outside to see 
uh, live music. And so we went to them. Um, and and it, it's, it was an eye opener for me because I always wanted to be a soloist and I still do. I enjoy being a soloist and whatnot, but I also enjoy chamber music. Um, but you begin to kind of uh, think to yourself, well, what else can you do? If you don't go out there, nobody's gonna be realizing, nobody's gonna know who you are. And so uh, you just wanna have, you just wanna start anywhere you can and don't hesitate to ask places, some people, especially your friends that may or may not know uh, a few people that can help you with the lead. Um, and then you can also give them back with things that they might want. And so there's that whole collaborations that you already learned in school where you, know, you can make music, you kind of understand the music, you kind of have a discussion to make this music better and whatnot. And you can relate that to a whole career setting where you can just talk to the people and then say, what can I, like, I'm interested in doing something like this. Would you be interested? And then they may or may not respond. And that's okay, because that's the career that uh, we all wanted to do as a freelancer or as just being in general as a musician. All right, thank you. I mean, I personally had some experience with uh, freelancing in an orchestra or as a chamber ensemble, but I didn't have many opportunities to talk to solo freelancers about how that works. So I would ask you, how do you find opportunities for solo freelancing actually? Yeah, again, it's, it's uh, to find opportunities, you just have to go out there. You, it's never a bad idea to ask someone or, or some places. Um, as a solo freelancer, it's uh, slightly tougher only because um, uh, some venues would prefer groups um, or some venues would prefer some sort of a, uh, their own idea. Um, and when I say idea, uh, it's I don't know how to say it actually, because <laughs> it's it's always different uh, wherever you go. As a solo freelancer myself, I've had the I've been fortunate enough to have a management for the past three years, um, and so they've been able to help me spread the word that I can travel to certain uh, miles, or I can I I have all these repertoire and certain programs ready. Um, if anybody would be interested. And so that sort of support that I got from behind also helped me uh, push to where I am now. Um, so it, it's just that if you don't have a management, it's okay because it's never, it's never I mean, it's, it's a money saver, first of all, uh, but also it, it helps you encourage yourself to create something like a social media platform because it's really strong to just have a website to even have a facebook twitter instagram or whatever um and, and sometimes they will reach out to you you're gonna just make yourself look available uh and easy to work with fun to work with and how much you can contribute and will this only be the first and the last time that they could get you there and if so they may not be interested, you know, that if you are going to be back there for a few more times, then they may be like, 
okay, I can maybe uh, uh, create a deal. You just wanna keep yourself very much open and available and just persevere for it. So we will move on to the music part now. And we will hear one of your recordings named Off Pissed, composed by Swante Harrison and performed by you, Katius Iyosa and Roman Sato. I hope I pronounced everything right. <laughs> we, will find, we will just put a link underneath so everyone yeah. can go and listen. <laughs> yeah, I just read it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and before we hear, I would like to ask you if there's a particular reason you chose this recording or I chose this recording because um, it's a project that Berkeley uh, College of Music decided to merge with the Boston Conservatory where I attended. Uh, this is the very first project that they did. Berkeley is known for jazz uh, and uh, music recordings and, 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 and all that that they do. And Boston Conservatory is known for uh, a lot of classical uh, contemporary styles and dance. Well, not, okay, maybe not dance. But I mean, yes, it is dance. <laughs> and um, I like classical and jazz. Uh, I've been raised, when I was in high school, uh, clarinet was never allowed to be in a jazz ensemble. And so I had to learn, I had to double because I wanted to enjoy how it's like to play a saxophone. And that sort of spotlight uh, playing in that sort of audience, it was a lot more different. It was completely different from playing in a classical performance where you just sit there in an orchestra, play, stand, bow, and then exit, right? Whereas in a jazz setting, you stand up to improvise and then people are gonna cheer on you or clap and whatnot. And it's just so enjoyable in, in a very different way. Um, and, and so I love just that style. Um, I love to explore multiple styles and genres, not just classical. And Off Pissed is a mix of that. And it's something that I always want to explore, just playing multiple genres and styles in one piece. Because it's just, it, it, it feels very much free, free for me. Like it has this flexibility
How competitive is the U.S. when it comes to finding a job as a musician, uh, mainly teaching? Mainly teaching. Um, very competitive. Um, it's, it's changing in time for sure, um, especially these times where it's just still a pandemic and COVID-19 is still rising. The job market is very, very, very little. There are, 
I've only seen for clarinet, uh, I can only say this for the clarinet uh, job openings. Um, there were about maybe one in the last three months that was opened publicly. Uh, now, now, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are some other job job openings available. It's just that they're not publicly posted. Um, but yeah, it's very very limited right now, and especially this time around, people are desperate to get jobs. So it just becomes really competitive. Um, but before the COVID too. It, it, the job market was very small, and I think it will continue to be like that uh, for a little while. Um, I know a couple violinists uh, that also received their doctoral degree from Florida State University is also struggling uh, to get jobs as an instructor, uh, even as an adjunct instructor. Um, and um, it, it, I'm hoping that it can change. It probably will. Um, so we just have to wait and continue to do what we can do best. Um, just by playing or teaching or offering master classes outside, um, whether it's virtual or in-person, um, you know, they gotta just do, we gotta just do what we can do right now and adapt uh, to what's going on around us. All right. So what kind of strategy do you need to follow in order to become a college professor in the future? I mean, this question is kind of for the undergraduate working on your CV, just starting out part. So like from the beginning, what would you need to do if that's your goal? So as a musician or as a teacher, sorry. As a musician who wants to become a teacher. Okay. Um, well, you gotta have a website for sure. Um, and a resume and a CV um, that shows basically everything that you've done. Um, we don't really care about what you what what we've done uh, in the high school times, unless it's something prestigious like you've been to Carnegie Hall or Lincoln Center or some some prestigious venues or uh, interviews that you've done, uh, projects that you've done outside of school, um, because. Anybody that has attended school and have just graduated is, I mean, they're great, but there's a lot of people that are like that. Um, and so you gotta make sure that we, you, you, have, you have done other things, not just performing, but also what are some community outreach services that you've done. And that's why I mentioned before about potentially asking to non-concert venues like churches, museums, and art galleries and whatnot, because that is very unique. And then to add it to, to add to that, hospitals and senior homes, nobody really, not many people do that. Um, maybe a lot, maybe the music therapy majors would go into that, but not a lot of performers would really go to that, performance majors, I mean. So uh, make sure that you have quite the diversity in your record and make sure you have a couple recordings available, whether it's audio or video, probably video is preferred. Um, uh, some links in, in your page and some references for sure that can, not just, the, not just your teachers, because some teachers can be really slow at 
uh, and, and giving some references. So maybe a couple friends or somebody that can at least respond to, to anybody that is seeking your talent uh, like quickly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and what kind of challenge do you face as a musician who has just graduated with their doctoral degree? Well, there is a lot of us that has graduated with a doctoral degree. If you go back 20 to like 30 years ago, there weren't many. Um, and I'm not saying it wasn't competitive back then. It was. It's just that these times uh, to get a teaching position at a college university level, the requirements usually list all applicants to have a few years of teaching in an accredited higher, higher education institution and having a doctoral degree. Um, and, and so for that reason, the market becomes more competitive and it likely will get more competitive as time goes by. And so what we have to do for myself, my challenge is just continue doing what I am doing, teaching, uh, having, a, having my position at Florida a and University is just, you know, I feel very fortunate to have that because not many people have certain positions to say that they've been teaching for a certain amount of years and times and what they've done um, to say, I am applying for the other institutions for, for a bigger opportunity. And, mm -hmm. and so, like I said, just gotta keep doing what you gotta do, um, what you've been doing and what more can you do. And, uh, and then continue building that resumes and the CVs. Um, and then hope, hopefully you can take advantage of some of the connections and the references um, to, to get to where you want to be or where I want to be. So we have talked about like the beginning part and then after your studies, but now I would like to ask, what is the job interview process like? How do you prepare for it? What is the criteria? What do they ask from you? The interview process is, they, they basically ask the questions based on what you have submitted um, what you've done and how uh, you can contribute to that institution. And a lot of it is uh, how do you um, help these students uh, it, during, these, during the four-year plans, uh, four-year uh, 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 of their pursuant in their degrees. And so, I liked to, when I got an interview a few times, I, uh, I basically gave them some charts of the four-year plans for the students, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior to senior year. Um, and then some strategies that I could do with the faculties and how I'm open to ideas. Um, and so it becomes, it doesn't, it becomes, it is, it starts as an interview but then it becomes more like an open discussion format where, where they start to ask me and then I start to answer and then I ask them back because then it becomes more comfortable and it's not just a one-sided little attack. Not, a, not necessarily an attack, it feels like it, but <laughs> look very friendly and open and uh, open to ideas. And so if you do that, they may feel more comfortable to work with you. If you just look so formal and professional and 
you have this idea and you have this one direction answer. It's, it doesn't make them feel like they could openly discuss with you. Uh, and, and so I think when you do have some job interviews, just smile and, you know, be friendly. So what is it like to be a clarinet professor in a college? Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, I don't know what, the, what else to say, really. Uh, it's, I get to focus on the students that really want to pursue the instrument that I loved for my entire, most of my life. And so the fact that I don't have to bother with administrative things, um, when I was a student, I had to do a lot of other things besides practicing clarinet and TA ship, teaching assistantship um, to help with my faculties. Um, I love doing those works, of course, but now that I am a clarinet faculty focusing on that one instrument and having a one-on-one -on -one applied lessons with them and a studio time, you, I got, I get to really focus on what I love. And so not just, I'm not really just teaching my students. I'm also teaching myself. I'm learning a lot from teaching these students. Um, so I get to see where I can improve, uh, what I can do more better for them and for myself. Uh, and so it's been really fun and enjoyable. And I don't see myself doing anything else. Well, sounds great, basically. <laughs> uh, we are slowly coming to the end. Uh, we would like to ask one last thing. What are your recommendations to, to our audience? We would like a book, a movie, and a piece of music from you. Everyone hates okay. this question, we know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have like the any of these uh, movie recommendations it's been a while since I last saw a movie because I just love attending a theater, music theater, a movie theater. And yeah, I mean, I guess the last time I saw was one of the movies from Marvel's or uh, Avengers movies because I love all the comics and, and whatnot. And just, I just love adventure movies in general um, because it's thrilling and they have some great music uh, and the composers that I, that I like too. Um, so as for books, um, I'm not much of a book reader myself, um, but in terms of music, there is one book that I could recommend to every students, every uh, amateurs to professional musicians, and that's called Beyond Talent, Creating a Successful Career in Music by uh, Angela Miles Beeching. And that, that book itself kind of, uh, has helped me create a simple resumes and CVs and uh, social media platforms, websites, um, and, and it just helped me prepare uh to to where i am now um it was sort of like a small guideline my teacher and my teacher's teacher uh recommended me that book um and besides that they always told me to just 
keep going. Just keep going. There was three words. They never gave me any hints uh, or any other tips uh, because they didn't want to mess with my future. They wanted me to figure that out. Um, and I think that goes true for everyone. But this book itself, it doesn't tell us where to go. It's just the suggestions on how to prepare yourself uh, to, uh, to the outside world after you get out from school. So if anybody's interested, the book is called Beyond Talent, Creating a Successful Career in Music by Angela Miles Beeching. Great. And music yeah. also. <laughs> You know what? Uh, the piece of music that I like definitely is the Dvorak New World Symphony. And I only say that because, it, not just because it has a good clarinet solo, but also because that's how I met my wife. Yes, we met in school and then uh, our very first concert, our orchestra concert was the Dvorak Symphony, uh, the New World Symphony. And yeah, we shared solos. My wife is a flutist and we just had this great connection. And I never had to bother myself with intonation uh, or any other, other you know, uh, technical stuff. It was just always some musical ideas that we can shape together. And it, we had that chemistry together. And I was like, wow, I've never played with such great flutists like that before. And it was, always, it was so much fun and it made the piece come out so much more beautiful. So yeah, my favorite is definitely the Project New World Symphony for that reason. Nice. Well, thank you so much for your amazing answers. I'm sure it has been very helpful for everyone thinking about going to US from here or everyone trying to gather some information about how to build your way in the industry. <laughs> so thank you so much for your time and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. And I guess that's it for that's today. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening and see you in the next episode.